Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by My Hockey Resource and Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Norman Poisson, former NHL scout. Norm brings a lot of knowledge to the table in this conversation diving into areas such as the scouting interview process, an area we don't often get to hear about. Although a tenured scout, he is someone who is also looking at new trends daily and looks to stay sharp in that regard, leaving me to think that it is only a matter of time before he is back in the game at the highest level. With that, I am happy to present Norman Poisson, former NHL scout. Lately, you've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. And DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Norman Poisson, former NHL scout. Norm, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm very excited to get you on and talk about some of your experiences in the game. Um, anytime we can get an NHL scout on, it's, uh, it's something that listeners enjoy as well. So I won't talk too much. I'll just let you kind of elaborate and go through your career. But let's start about um, maybe just learning about you, talk about your upbringing, playing sports in your early years, and just give us a background on uh, kind of the person that you are behind the scenes. 
Well, you know, I just uh, like any kids in Canada, love sports. You know, you play all kind of minor minor sports. You know, when you're young age, you know, like hockey. And uh, I was in my time. You know, it was mostly hockey during the winter and uh, baseball in the summer. So, so it's my teenage. And then you know, you get to the junior level and hockey and junior baseball and baseball too. You know, so it's. Um, you know, we try to kind of follow the two paths, you know, with summer and winter, you know, was basically the two sports were my passion. Now my passion is uh, I'm as an adult, you know, is hockey and golf, you know, so baseball, I let that aside for a little while. So now, you know, but you know, I start, I start to, uh, to play competitive hockey like I was in juniors, you know, I play some, some junior Bs, you know, and then yeah, I play college hockey at the University of Three Rivers, the CIAU. And then I, when I get my degree in phys ed teaching and when I got back home, uh, I started, I got into coaching, you know, so coaching like the local teams, you know, and then I started coaching in the double A, you know, in Saint-Foy, which was like, like the mecca of the minor hockey in the Quebec area. So, and then from now, from then on, you know, I, I got to move up the ladder and uh, start to uh, be involved with the major AAA team, who was a powerhouse in the Quebec major AAA league at that time. And ultimately, uh, work for a junior team, and then you get to the pros later on. Yeah, it's quite the uh, it's quite the the process of going through the game, and you're able to make it to the highest level. And we'll kind of break down each um, position and each location that you were a little bit more. But let's go back to the AAA level. Uh, just talk about your experience with that program as a director of scouting, and give some background on your initial coaching experiences at the AA level as well, uh, following your time as a player. Yeah, I was cool. I coached about six or seven years, but uh, one in uh, like a, um, you know, it's a house league and stuff, you know, just to learn about the coaching and what I was doing my phys ed, my phys ed degree. So I just kind of, uh, it's basically the same thing, coaching and teaching. It's, it's, it's basically the same thing. It's said the client feels a little different. And then when I got a chance, I could uh, coach double A on the South Shore. I live in Levy, Quebec and uh, coach on the South Shore one year. And then I went to uh, to St. Foy again. I, I, I coached five years in St. Foy and uh, I got you know, some good success, you know, like in the double A where we won tournaments in Drummondville and Three Rivers and then uh, won some champion league championship. And then uh, in the meantime, when I was starting, you know, like third or fourth year as a coach in the major double A, you know, I started scouting because uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, you be a rink rat, so I was always at the rink, and then I can use my time not just to scout the other teams, but uh, you know, try to wet my feet about scouting because it's always something you know that was fascinating to me. You know, it's like the, my childhood team was the Nordiques, and you know, when the, the draft was approaching, that's something that was interesting me a lot. Then I started to wet my feet with the, the Grand Bay Bison, who's now, uh, who's now the uh, you know, it's that team four, but you know, it's uh, it was my first team. The team of play Patrick Watt played for them. You know, the 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 time before I arrived there. But I worked a, a year or two, and then I moved on to Shawinigan while I was coaching in Saint Foy. But then, you know, when uh, I decided to go back to school in uh, computer sciences, like in the end of the nineties, and then I realized I couldn't coach anymore. And then because you know, school was. Uh, drawing me a lot, drawing a lot of my time. And uh, they said, I, wa I want to have a, some kind of a position in hockey when I can make my own schedule. So that's why, you know, I went into scouting and that's how, you know, I got the, uh, 
the director of scouting at the major AAA because I knew I knew the organization inside out, outside in because I was basically doing the scouting without officially having the um, the title. And then you know I decided decided to make it official. So while you know I was doing some scouting with the major AAA, I was still working for a, a major junior team. So it's some kind of double dip, you know and. Uh, you know that was serving both uh, both teams, which which was good. You know when we were going to see a major AAA game or a major AA game, you know that served both both teams. So you know, so I gained a lot of time in them, and and that's why you know what I decided to uh, to do that. I do that two years. My first year, you know, we went to the uh, the Air Canada Cup. That what they call you know they call now the they call that now the Telescope, and then uh, major AAA was the Championship was in Kitchener that year in '93, so we lost in the final against Yorkton. I was a disappointing, but we had a great season. Uh, I stayed on board after the after that, but I start I start to uh, the season, but all of a sudden, you know, I was still working for a junior team. All of a sudden, I got a call from uh, from the Quebec Nordiques, Mr. Sherry Basson, who's been appointed as a assistant general manager. You know, would give me a call one morning. Uh, I was a little surprised that, you know, ultimately I was thinking about what making to the pros, but, you know, I never thought that it would happen so soon. So I was pinching myself to see if it was real or not, you know, because I was a young guy, I was around 30 year old. And then, you know, uh, that's how my pro career started. And I kept working, you know, for a, for a team in junior because I was mostly an area guy, you know, I was a, at a radius, you know, like I was doing like an East division and, uh, just wetting my feet in the pro level, and uh, and at the end of the year, you know, uh, with with the with the Nordiques, when I was doing more major uh, major juniors than major AAA, Halifax was uh, been granted a, a franchise in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and my good buddy Clemens Audouin, with which I work with the Nordiques, you know, got appointed as a general manager and coach, and so uh, he asked me to join him, you know, in that venture, so. I decided to to go there, so I was working for Drummondville and the junior major junior at that time. So I ended up making the expansion draft and the major draft, and from now on, you know, what's uh, that was that was my uh, my tenure with that, you know. And then uh, when the team hit the ice, you know, um, I got fired in the in the uh, in the off season by the Nordiques because. Mr. Pierre Lacroix took over as a GM, and at that time, and, and Mr. Basson was uh, like uh, assigned to other duties, and uh, we were a lot of scouts. And that uh, I remember, we were something like twenty or twenty-five scouts in the in, in the staff, and uh, you know, Mr. Lacroix, uh, rightly so because that was really expensive. You know, they decided to cut the uh, the staff in half, and since I was a young guy and stuff, you know, like. For an example, we were four guys covering the Quebec League, so it was for me was too much. But it's tough to be on the wrong end of the decision. But uh, you can understand that uh, that this this decision has to be taken, and uh, I never hold grudges about the about the Nordic. So they helped me. Actually, they helped me. Mister uh, was uh, supervised by Mister uh, Dave Draper, who was a, a great mentor to me on my first year, and. Uh, he gave me good recommend. He gave good recommendation to the Boston Bruins, and then I got hired during that summer. And that, and that year, you know, that was the year of the lockout. So 
I was I did most of the first half. I did most for my junior my junior team, the Halifax Mooseheads, because there was no uh, no pro hockey, so they were cutting expenses. So uh, my my role with the Bruins were really really uh, little. So until you know the um, the uh, the season resume, you know, in the NHL. So, so uh, I got back, you know, like not full time, but you know, I, I I was able to do more junior games then, and then uh, I work uh, for the Bruins for the rest of the year while working for the for the Mooseheads, and then at the end of the year, you know, the there's been a change with the in the sky, the head of the scouting. So, Mr. Uh, Tindall, Bob Tindall, got got replaced by. Uh, Mr. Gordy Clark, and then uh, sometimes you know it happened in that business that uh, people will get uh, named to certain certain uh, certain jobs. You know, wants to bring their own people, and uh, and all of a sudden I realized that uh, you know uh, I was out of a job. And the uh, hopefully when you do a good job, you know people give you good recommendation. That that's how I can I end up working for the Calgary Flames on the, yeah. the next few years. But I had to quit the junior hockey. Because they they wanted me to have a bigger role, uh, covering the Quebec League, and I uh, was I was exclusively doing major junior hockey you know, for the Flames, and I worked there for three years, three good years, and then all of a sudden there was been the uh, the expansion. Uh, Atlanta Trashers were looking for staff, and uh, and I got I got a full time job. I got a fir- uh, my first year with the Atlanta Trashers was like a part time because. When you start a franchise, you know, with a lot of these jobs, you know, like part-time because there's no revenue. And at that time, you know, they, uh, they had a year to prepare. So I, I worked for as a part-time, like part-time, full-time, was doing a lot of stuff. And for and the year after, in the, the 99-2000 year, uh, I started to, uh, to do full-time. And I did that for 10 years until I got fired in 2009. I've been out of hockey for two years afterwards, and then I got hired by Buffalo as a part-time scout for six years. Uh, my mentor there was Kevin Devine, who's still actually working for the Sabres, a great friend of mine and a great hockey mind, and uh, gave me a chance to, uh, to resume my career and, and give an additional six years under my belt. And then at the summer of 2017, uh, there's been a big sweep, you know, like in April, May, and June. There's a big sweep in Buffalo. You know, they, they fired a lot of people. And I'd been able to go at the draft because I was part of the remaining staff. And then afterwards, you know, uh, almost all the guys, you know, has been, been fired. So there was very few people who stayed on board with the Buffalo Sabres when the Jason Botterill era started. And then all of a sudden, but uh, I think in Buffalo, you know, the same thing happened like this past uh, not this, this past summer. So sometimes it comes and goes. You know, uh, I've been for me, I've been really lucky, and it was a privilege for me to work 22 years as an NHL scout. I had great experience, great. Uh, I had to travel the world, and uh, I'm thankful for the organization that gave me a chance. Uh, I want to go back one day, but uh, I would love to go back. But sometimes you. It, it takes the right opportunity to do so. And, uh, you know, I'm still available. I'm still doing stuff, you know, to keep myself up to speed about um, about the game of hockey and still watching the game, you know, as a scout. I watch a lot of world juniors and some pro and uh, some juniors and stuff. So we, so you, and I still teaching and uh, coaching hockey. So I'm in hockey almost full time, but, you know, I'm not actually employed by an NHL team. I missed it, but I hope one day that somebody will uh, give me a chance again and be able to help an NHL team. 
Yeah, I'm sure that opportunity will come. And I think it's great that you're staying, uh, you know, sharp in your skills and, and watching films and attending games where applicable, although it's yeah. definitely tougher these days. But um, let's just go back through some of those experiences. I know there was quite a few teams that you had the privilege of scouting with. And uh, maybe we can just talk about some of the experiences. So maybe going back even to your days with the Nordiques and just that initial scouting experience. Uh, looking back, you know, you said that there was maybe four people in, in the one area and you had some different uh, mentors who were able to help you. Uh, how much of a transition was it going into the NHL at first and kind of learning how to scout, um, you know, where primarily you were looking at uh, a lower level and for junior teams uh, previously yeah. to that position? Okay. The thing that, first of all, you know, when I got to training camp, you know, I had that eyes wide open, you know, that was my childhood team. I could not... Uh, I could not believe that I was part of it, you know, sit down in meetings and uh, like the first meeting, the, the entry meeting with all the players and the staff and stuff. There was a big room and all the guys I was looking uh, was looking for, you know, they, I was in the same room as them and they've all been really good to me and uh, even met players like Joe Sakic and uh, people like this, you know, they just came out with the uh, with uh, with a great in a great season and uh, they were all my uh, all of my uh, favorite players you know and, and so it was a privilege and then training camp start you know and they, the people have been really good to me and then you know the thing that struck me the most about scouting at the pro level is those days you know you didn't have to watch the same number of players each game that when you you do at the junior level at the junior level, each year when you scout Major AAA, there was like, there was what, 10 teams at that time in the Major AAA League, 10 or 12 teams, I can't remember exactly. That was 240 new players. So you had to get the, uh, the knowledge of all those players. There's, a, there's a, a vast majority of players that you could scratch because they, they didn't have the, the asset, I guess, to... Uh, to play major junior but you know you had to scout maybe uh, 10 12 players a game maybe more when you go to a junior game uh as opposed to when you go to a junior game sometimes you have one or two guys that, depending on the strength of the team sometimes you have two three players to watch on one team and maybe one or two on the other side uh, at the at these days you know that was like this but the situation completely involved as the the year year when the years went on and so so we can touch be, touch that you know later on but that was the first difference that I noticed there was less player to focus on and uh, but the projection about the player the players was not the same too you had to project you know four five six years in advance as opposed to the major triple A, like when you scout them, you know, it's a, you gotta be a junior ready. So, uh, and it's almost for the next year. So the, the projection and uh, was completely different. That's what I had to adjust, you know, as a, as a young guy, sometimes you were making mistakes because it takes a, it takes a few years under your belt to really figure out what the projection is, because there's certain type of player that you recognize at the junior level that can work junior, but, could not necessarily have success to pro so that's how you know you got to recognize that and it takes you know um, it takes you uh, it takes some mm -hmm. mileage and takes some uh, you had to do your homework and stuff and it was in these days you know scouting was a lot simpler than it is today because uh, it's involved there's more players involved now you know and uh, in these days there was there was certain rules like if you were you weren't 17 uh, 
before a 19-year-old not drafted. He had had a heck of a, uh, of a year, you know, to get drafted and stuff. There were really few people get drafted at 19-year-old out of the, the Canadian Hockey League. But today, you know, with the game, the way, the way it goes, you know, a lot of players from 19-year-old and, uh, and a lot of free agents signed and stuff, you know, it's completely different these days. But at the time when I started in mid-90s, you know, it's... Uh, that was the situation there. And it, it was basically like this until, you know, the, when the expansion came true, you know, like in, uh, in 99 with the, uh, with the Atlanta team and then you had the Nashville team. And so now, you know, you, you, there was a need for more players. So you had to change your point of view on how the business was run and stuff, you know, so we had to adapt, you know, and it was my first year compared to my 22nd year, uh, it was a lot different. <laughs> you can see the game evolve, you know, for almost 25 years. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, just continuing with the with the teams that you were able to work for, uh, the next couple of years you would move into the Bruins organization and then eventually Calgary. Uh, I know you had definitely a personal connection to the Nordiques just being from that area. And uh, now you find yourself in Boston, later Calgary. You know, when you join in a scouting organization, especially one that's close to your hometown, you're obviously invested in seeing that team succeed and there's that extra motivation. Um, how do you motivate yourself now going into a new team and kind of like resetting your thought process with a whole new staff, a whole new program and trying to work as a scout uh, for that organization? Yeah, it's been, it's been a little bit of adjustment because, uh, you know, it's like I was still, a, when I was working for the Nordic, I was still a fan too because it was my child team and I was cheering for them and, to be uh, to be able to work for them was the icing on the cake. But now you know when I go to Boston, um, I was a little different. You know, I was sad to leave the Nordics. You know, it's uh, it's obvious. But you know, at that point, you you're employed by a team. You know, and you got to do your job professionally. And you you could see the team. You you can't secretly cheer for them. You know, in a certain way because that's your hometown. And the and the uh, the advantage that I was in Quebec. You, I was uh, I was in an NHL city, which allowed me to go to some pro games, you know. So and then you know when the Nordics uh, left for Denver, you know, to become the Colorado Avalanche, I didn't have that uh, that treat, you know. Still, even if you're a, if you're part of an other organization, you could go, you know, to see some pro games that involves you know different teams. So. I, I miss that part, you know, and uh, but I was still doing what I was paid for first is to scout the juniors. Sometimes I was going to pro hockey in one night that there was nothing uh, else to do. And so, uh, but that was, that was a treat, you know, to, uh, to work for the Nordics and being in an NHL city. And it was a different, a different cat, you know, working for a different, different organization now, you know, but as a scout, you have the pride, you try to, to help the team and make us make a name for yourself too in the business by being uh, being right on your evaluation and you had a lot to gain with that you know even if I wasn't working for the Nordics and I didn't make my, make myself a name and if the, the only way to do that is uh, to do a good job go to games be focused on the game and watch the players and evaluate the players the right way and say your opinion that's how uh, the nature of the the nature of the business is like this. Whoever you work for, you got to put your emotions aside and do what you're paid for. Yeah, being a professional in any position, yeah. I think, is really key. And uh, definitely, in, in the nature of hockey, the you know the nature is a lot of times you will move teams just because you know opinions change and situations change. But 
uh, you always want to be ready for that next opportunity. And for you, as you mentioned before, another opportunity you had was with Atlanta and, and working with a new team and an expansion team. Uh, just talk about your entire experience with that club specifically and maybe give listeners um, a little bit of your experience on working with an expansion team and kind of working through uh, the process of kind of scouting for an organization in that situation. Okay, but I would like to, I would love to touch, you know, about Calgary because Calgary has been like a, a turning point for me because my first two years as a pro level, at the pro level, my, my roles was really limited in a certain way because there was a lot of scouts in Quebec and in Boston, you know, it's, they were not ob obligated to the Quebec League players like it was with the Nordics because at some point, you know, the French factor was, was there because they want, they want to have some lo local players and uh, with the Boston Bruins, you know, like the Boston area players, you know, they were, they were look very carefully too. So, but I didn't have much impact on that because I wasn't from the, that area, but my, I, I had more, I started to have a little bit of impact in my, on the staff when I was with the, with the Calgary Flames because um, Guy Lapointe, who was their scout at the time, became an assistant coach when Pierre Pagy got hired. And I feel, I feel the, I feel the duties of the Quebec scout for the Calgary Flames. And then they were really open about the Quebec League players. And uh, the first player that we draft, uh, I was proud, you know, like uh, I was proud of with all the players, but the, the one who was really special to me was Steve Bejin, who was playing the Quebec League and he made the team at 19 year old. So that's when I wanted to touch the flames because I had a few, I had a little bit of impact with the Calgary because we traded to, uh, for Jean-Sébastien Giguère too, who uh, unfortunately didn't play that much for the flames because uh, uh, for different reason, but this kid has been traded to Anaheim after and he was uh, one of the top NHL goaltenders and even won the cup with the Anaheim Ducks. So that was something, you know, that uh, I was really proud of. So that's why my first impact on an NHL team was really with Calgary. Um, and I was really well treated by Doug Rice, Al Coates, Tommy Thompson, and Guy Lapointe, Pierre Paget. They were all guys that, uh, that was mentored to me and, uh, and they, they were really good to me. So I want to thank them for that. And then uh, I have a few mentors, a few other mentors in the Quebec City area, notably Martin Madden Sr. That was a former GM and a former Nordics GM, a former chief scout of the Nordics, and he's been the, uh, the head scout with the Rangers after. And then, you know, he was a great mentor for me. And, uh, and then that's, uh, with, through that connection, I had the job with Atlanta because it's mostly through connections that you get jobs in the NHL. Uh, even if you're good, you gotta have connections. So then I moved to Atlanta um my first year uh, i think what what was drawing uh interest from that team is i had i had the opportunity to work for expansion team at the junior level the alifax moosehead it's not totally the same uh the same uh the same beast but you know there's a lot of similar stuff you know you got to do your amateur draft and you got to do some of your pro draft it's basically you know the same, but it's assembling a team from, uh, we had more than a year, come, as opposed to when at uh, Halifax, you know, they had a franchise in, the, in April and they had to draft in June the same year. But with Atlanta, they were awarded the, the franchise in June and they, they started to play in the September the next year. So they have uh, almost a year and a half to get prepared. So it's, it's to totally a different, uh, different situation, but I really enjoy 
starting a team from scratch and you know scout players and now you know the needs were different because you know not only you got a draft but you have to look for players you know to fill up your roster your farm team is so there was more players involved you know like we could we could invite more players to our training camp and build ourselves a play a player's pool you know for uh, in the minors and stuff so it was it was really interesting and then uh, I think we started uh, I, I started my first year as a part time, but after when I got in the uh, as the full time, you know, when I was a crossover scout and uh, going to the, all the places like the West, Ontario, uh, Europe, you know, uh, and all all those countries in Europe, you know, see now it's, it's where I really develop as a scout because you could see different kind of hockey. Before, you know, basically I was doing more like major Triple A in Quebec, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League little bit of uh, college hockey on the borders and even OHL in Ottawa and a few a few American league games like in Cornwall. But that year when I got full time with uh, with Atlanta, you start to play, you start to see more OHL games, the Western Hockey League, the college, the high schools, the Europe. That's how you know you I really develop as a hockey guy, you know, seeing all those kind of calibers, learning the ropes and uh, traveling to those countries and stuff. That was really uh, that was a really fun, a re- really entertaining, and really interesting. So uh, that was that was a great, uh, great job to have, you know. So being paid to watch hockey, travel all over the world, and uh, being involved in on a day on a daily operation that uh, of an NHL team, that was some kind of a dream come true, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's definitely a dream job being able to travel the world and watch hockey. You know, a lot of people listening might think it's a uh it's a pipe dream, but it's definitely a reality. If you put in the work and, and you know, you, uh, you grind your way through the lower levels and, and take every opportunity that's presented to you. And I was really interested in hearing about that, especially knowing that you did go through a similar situation in the QMJHL with um, Halifax being awarded a franchise, but obviously a different nature at the NHL level and a lot more thinking, especially with the minor league systems and um, you're still developing down the road while also putting a team in place. So Definitely interesting overall to hear about that experience. And the next one uh, that you want to move into here is is the Buffalo Sabres. And um, a lot of scouts that I've talked with personally, you know, they say they're always always excited when you have extra draft picks. You know, you have extra opportunities to, to go after the players you like. And um, around the time that you were in Buffalo, Buffalo was going through a change from a team that was competitive and, and kind of going through some wild of a rebuild. And, um, you know, definitely would start to trade roster players for some more picks. So, Let's just talk about your time there specifically and maybe um, how your motivation and or opportunity changed uh, now having a lot of draft capital and, and, you know, wanting to be more invested in the draft process with the team. Yeah, well, uh, I've been, uh, before I got hired by the Sabres, I've been two years away from the NHL. I was still doing, you know, going to games and stuff because I live in a, in a city that, uh, that's really easy to scout because you can have five or 16 within a two hour uh, radius of traveling. And then, uh, you know, when I got the, the call from Kevin Devine to get hired and uh, I was really happy and, uh, and the, the Sabres were expanding their staff significantly because they were one of the smallest staff before when I was working for the other team, they had a really small staff. Uh, what are the reasons? I don't really know. It must be uh, something like uh, regards for money. 
But with Mr. Pegula buying the team, you know, the, uh, he opens the gates and uh, they hired a lot more scouts and I've been had the, the privilege to be one of them. And Kevin Devine gave me a, a good chance. And then I was doing uh, the Quebec, but it was more, uh, it's like a part-time, full-time kind of thing, you know, was doing a lot of stuff, you know, it was like I was even going uh, on the college on the borders, going on Eastern Ontario and the CCHL in the, in the Ottawa area. So I was doing a, even going to, uh, to the Maritimes and, uh, and uh, doing, you know, the, the, the you know, teams up north like Valdor, Rouen, you got to get the fly and stuff, you know, I had the chance because I could do it because of my job, you know, I was still working in school, but I didn't have a full-time job then. Uh, really enjoy my time with Buffalo, but I went through several, not a stressful situation, but there was uh, three, there's been four GM, I worked for four GMs during my six-year span. Uh, been hired, you know, under uh, Darcy Regeer, was a great man, great Great individual, you know, I think a good hockey guy, but unfortunately, you know, things didn't work and uh, he got uh, he got let go, you know, like in my uh, November, my first year. And then uh, we got, in the meantime, we got uh, Pat Lafontaine who came in after uh, for a short span and then Tim Murray got hired and then Tim, you know, got fired my maybe three or four years later. And then, you know, when uh, the RJs in Botteril in April or May in 2017, you know, so it's been a four, four GMs in a six year span. So uh, I had to adjust a lot to different scenarios, like in scouting, you know, the, the, um, we, we were working, we, we were working with uh, Rick Nett and uh, so the, the evaluation scale were different and stuff, you know, the, the modus operandi changed quite a bit. So we had to adapt, you know, very, uh, very, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it was different, you know, from one GM to another. So uh, you had to adapt and do your job the best you can. But because you, my job was remain, was uh, remain mostly ski, seeing the players, but we got, regardless of what scale, you know, how you project the players, you know, you got to scout the, the players, you got to get knowledge and stuff. It's how you do your reports and how you do your lists and uh, the, the drafting philosophy that might change so much. Uh, I got to, I got to say that one of my strengths was the uh, being adaptable, you know, so uh, adapt to a lot of stuff in during my, my old career. And you got to face those changes. You can't, you can't be reluctant to those changes because it's, you don't advance as a hockey guy. I had the chance to work for different, different GMs, different director of scouting. So uh, it's constant changes. So you got to add up and it's a, it's a nice way also to, to see how the game, because there's not one recipe who, who, that you can be success. You can get successful. You got to, learn you got to create your own recipe but at a certain point there there's more recipe you know that more successful than others so you got to adapt and take what what's good for you and stuff but you have to follow the orders and and do your stuff and uh, that's how you been a good full soldiers you know so <laughs> that's how you basically are as a scout so uh, i was not ultimately making the decision who we pick but we had an input you know about you know what's your opinion about this player should we do it? should we draft him or not you know what are the issues what are the strengths and stuff you so you can bring water to the mill and um, and uh, and doing it daily on a daily basis so that's what was voted in but sometimes you know if you're reluctant to change i don't think that's the right business because there's a lot of change <laughs> and it can happen all of a sudden and it's uh, 
you can work for a team one day and the next day you're gone. So it's it's like this for every hockey guy in the business. So uh, one day you're there, maybe the next day you're not. So you got to yeah. live by the day and uh, see what happens. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, we talk about multiple times on how the industry is so unpredictable. And one point that you made there uh, when answering that question was just talking about uh, your ability to be adaptable and, uh, you know, working with new directors and new GMs and uh, taking on different tasks. And, you know, originally maybe where you were just scouting in Quebec, you were now doing a lot of different crossover and, and doing things like the CCHL. And, and that's kind of the the way the game has gone, you know, since 1993 and the early 90s, we're seeing a lot of players coming from different levels, uh, a lot more European influence and all development paths, etc. How has this task of scouting become harder as a result of players coming from different locations and also has new technology? I know you talked about RinkNet and some things. Um, how much has that impacted the scouting process as well? Yeah, like I said to you before in the early the show, uh, you know, it, it, the game evolved a lot, you know, it's like it started in, uh, like in September of 93. Game changed a lot. And in the 90s, you know, that was mostly the CHL, like the, the major junior was some kind of a priority at some point because that a large, large percentage of players that were coming from the CHL. But you could see the, the rise of American hockey. A lot more guys from college. They were getting to the pros, and the and the Europeans, you know, they were they were coming in. It's not like today, but all those calibers now, you know, today, you know, it's like they were they are as good as the major juniors and stuff. You know? But I think the difference is that there's more openness to all the level that it was in the past in a certain way. I, I don't say that. If there was a good player, I think the Kings, you know, they were not reluctant to draft a good player. But now, you know, there's so many guys that uh, that uh, yeah, take the path, you know, to the NHL. Like, uh, yeah, even even you even have guys from from Germany now, or Slovakia, or Slovenia with Enzi Kopitar. Now you go to these countries, there's more open-minded. The people in the NHL are more open-minded about these players than it was maybe 30 years ago. That they, and these players 30 years ago, they had to be real good and undoubtedly, you know, NHL player ready. So the game evolves in the way of the the thinking of in in the scouting that really evolves. You know, so as you see. As you see the players coming from all different leagues, you know, it's you have to adapt and see, hey, some leagues, you know, they develop good players. And you got to be, have an open mind about these players and scout them um, with the same regards as a, a top caliber like the CHL. I'll give you an example. Now the BCHL players, uh, Junior A, who have a scholarship, you know, they are as regarded, if not more, than some major junior players in the West or Ontario or Quebec because of the, the players who trailblaze, you know, the, uh, to the NHL. And now and the scouts are more open because there's more proof of success with that. And uh, now, you know, it's, if there's a good player in the BCHL, people want it as a hesitate to draft them early if they feel that it's a player, a player is going to eventually play in, in, in an, on an NHL team and be an impact player. So that's basically the difference I, I watched through the years of, of the games or how the game evolved. Like today, you know, high school players, uh, 
uh, Europeans, regardless of the league, uh, there's more and more hockey in the U.S. There's more guys drafted from the non-typical uh, states like Florida, uh, California, the Colorado, Texas, and everything. The game changed so much. So the scouting has to evolve in, in the minds of people. And now there's new people in that grew up with that kind of hockey, that more open that it was 30 or 40, 30 or 40 years, 40 years ago. So that's basically the, the first change that I, that I saw, the involving on the mentality about the, uh, where the players come from. You know, it's uh, that I changed the game a lot. Yeah, so many changes. And, uh, you know, that's just with the evolution of the game as well and sports and the interconnectivity of, uh, yeah. you know, Canada, the U.S. and, and really the world overall. So uh, great to hear uh, just some of your opinions on that area. And uh, one of the things that you talked about a little bit before that would really interest me was that you spent time as both a part-time scout and a full-time scout. Now we know as a full-time scout, you're you're definitely um, you know in a situation where you're viewing more games. But maybe just talk about how the position changes. Are you on different conversations that you might not be as a part-time scout? And just give us a little bit of a glimpse of what life as a full-time scout uh, is like versus a part-time. Okay, um, part-time when I start, you know, you weren't as involved like a full-time employee because. That wasn't basically your uh, your your job. That was not was not your main job. You know they were they hired you because you you had some availability to go to see hockey at night and to do your reports. But the expectations it's it's in regards of expectation to the the people who are part time. You know it's a they understand that you have a job first and you can be you can be an accountant you can be a teacher you can work in a in a mill you can have you can do all kind of jobs and be and become a scout you know like at night and the weekends but the expectation are not the same as a full-time employee you know as a part-time you know there's one night you have to work and you can go to a game they will understand that they will understand and they will okay no problem it's your main job you know you it's the priority, no problem. Give us what you can, and it's okay. You know the expectation they have towards us as when you are part time is to go to games, do a good job, watch the players, and do reports and submit them in time. That's basically and and use your good judgment and you know try to find the 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 hidden gems that are. Uh, that's why you know the the, the teams uh, expanded so much because now it's more regionalized than it was before. We can touch that uh, later on. But as a part-time scout, you know the expectation is not that high. Yeah. When you're a full-time, now it's it's a different it's a different horse. It's uh, you travel. It's your job. Uh, you you have to go to hockey. Sometimes when there's no hockey one night because of schedule. They will understand, but there's games in your radius, and if there's not a good schedule in your area, you look for a good schedule in others' area. Like let's say uh, it's not a good week in the Quebec League. No, okay, it's maybe time to go out west on the on the Ontario Hockey League. We we'll see some nice school. There's a good schedule, so there's always hockey to see. So it involves a traveling. You have the time to travel, make your 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 own arrangement of flights, hotel, cars, rental cars, and all that stuff. So it's basically your job. There's more expectation because you're more involved in the daily operation. You participate more to the meetings. 
He had more connections with uh, the, the GMs, the head scout, the assistant GM, your other colleagues. You're more involved. So it's a different, it's completely a different, uh, different situation. It's a, uh, being full-time is more demanding because you travel a lot and they have more and the people have more expectation on you because of that. That's basically the difference. You go to games, you try to do a good job, trying to find the idea in gem and do your report, do your research and stuff. It's the job in itself, being a, watch the hockey and find players, it's the same. It's just the expectation and the demands required by your position. Yeah, almost everything around. Once you go into the arena, the job is the same, but everything around exactly. it, you know, you have to uh, change your schedule a bit. But definitely uh, interesting. You know, everybody looks at the challenges with becoming a full-time scout, and there's definitely more sacrifice that has been made. But um, you know, you can still be a very valuable part-time scout as well. Just wanted to get oh, yeah. uh, your opinion. You know, having uh, been both in your career. Yeah, it just depends also if you have the ear of your bosses. Sometimes definitely. you know it's a. Uh, if the boss really trusts you, you you uh, you pay your dues. You know you recommend good players and stuff. Uh, they will trust you, and they will they will take your opinion into account. You know when it's time to make the decision for sure. Definitely, Even definitely. If regarding if you're part time or not. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a different cap. Yeah, so. it all depends on on who you know, and uh, that kind of leads into the next question here. Uh, you know, you had said that a lot of times in hockey, and as people listening know. It often comes down to who you know, uh, in addition to the job that you've done or the ability that you've showcased in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we see scouts go with every team, uh, you know, across the board, even in junior. And you kind of wish that you had an opportunity maybe to apply to that position. But the reality is in hockey, that often isn't the, the chance. You know, you don't see a, it's not as simple as going on a job board and applying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've been in the interview process a few times. Maybe just talk about the topic of moving into scouting with an organization and give some insight into the interview process uh, when applying for that scouting role. Well, when they, sometimes you know those jobs, you know they don't, they don't, they don't advertise it in the papers. There's one thing for sure: radio, media, whatever. It's more, you know, like uh, people that you know. Hey, there's a there's a job open uh, in your area. Like I, I'm living it myself right now because uh, you hear you hear one guy, you know, is working for a team is not there anymore for different reasons, firing or he's got promoted whether somewhere else and stuff. There's a job open, so if you have connection in the business, he can tell you that, and you and you can get in touch with the people who make decisions. Say, okay, I'm interested. You know, it's uh, I'll send you my resume and stuff. Sometimes you get interview. Sometimes you don't get interview because they already have their man and they they, they are entitled. They're not entitled. They're not obligated to you, so sometimes you know you you you, you can have a good resume, but uh, they want to hire uh, a guy that they know and they uh, they have good connections. And sometimes it's all it's all depends, you know, of, the, of your connection. But the interview pro- as far as the interview process uh, is all about is it's um, you got to do your research first. You know, when you uh, you apply for a team, you gotta have to do your research and. What's your team? What's the team is all about, and uh, their past experience in the scouting, and uh, and you got to prepare yourself also what you did in the past too, because you are gonna ask you questions. Uh, I remember I, I was the uh, in the process of uh, uh, in the hiring of a scout with Hockey Canada in 2010. That was a very interesting uh, situation. They flew me to Toronto. And they interviewed me for an hour and a half, and uh, they they had done their research about me, 
And I've done their research. Uh, I've done my research about them, and they were asking me, you know, what are my best, uh, my best move, and you know, what would you different stuff, you know. So it's it all depends, you know. Uh, sometimes you know the people that interview you, they know you. They just want to get to know you as a, on a on a personal standpoint. What's your philosophy about hockey? Uh, if you can uh, manage uh, the the expectation and the the demands of that job, you know how you see players and stuff, you know. Uh, because uh, I had an interview with Calgary, uh, remember not so long ago, and Todd Button, you know, the, he knew me. He knew me because we worked together a long time ago, and he knew me. It was just a matter of uh, to see if I'm up to speed or if, what do you think about this this kind of uh, job. Uh, this player and stuff, you know, so different questions, you know, they, for a young guy who had no NHL experience, they will ask you your, about your resume, your, uh, your working path. And they, uh, they will try to see, you know, who did you draft and stuff. You had success. They will try to get, you know, information from your former employers and stuff, you know, so it, it can go as, you know, uh, anywhere with that, you know, it's, uh, it, but it's true. It's um, to be hired, it takes one only just you're just one guy one phone call away to be hired, but it's to get there for that phone call from the people who's re, who's ready to trust you. As the main thing, the lie, I know there's a lot of good hockey people never get the chance, you know, to work in the NHL, and uh, but sometimes you know it's uh, I don't like the adage saying you know it's not what you know it's who you know, but sometimes it's you got to take both because they won't hire you even if you know somebody. If you're not competent or not, uh, if not up to the task, you know, they won't hire you. So uh, it takes both, you know, it, it takes lots. Sometimes, you know, you end up, you know, meeting somebody uh, three or four years before and uh, he remembers you and uh, he followed, he, he followed your, uh, he tracked your, uh, he tracked what you did, you know, in that three, four years. I remember that guy, you know, when I met in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, you know, I need a guy in that area, so maybe that guy could be the guy. So you never know in hockey who you run into with, into with, and you might get a call from sometimes from these people. So yeah, yeah, it's unpredictable, but uh, I like how you say, you know, you got to know those people, but at the same time, you still have to have the ability, and you still have to make sure you do your homework and and going into those interview situations. It really is a process of making sure that you're prepared because you. You don't really know who they would have contacted and uh you know they might know somebody from your past five or six years ago and have had conversations with them leading into the interviews so just a yeah. a great experience probably to go through even if you aren't successful in getting the mm -hmm. position but um a, definitely a, a different interview process as opposed to applying for a, an accountant position or yeah. a different position in uh, in the workforce interview with hockey canada 2010 was probably uh I had several inter several good inter interviews, but was more a, a formal thing, you know. Like you, your head scout comes comes in your area. You go in a restaurant and he, he interviews you. Or but with the hockey Canada thing, you know, it's like that was really formal. You know, when in the room there was several people and uh, it was it was professional. It was really. I, I don't mean that the other interviews weren't perfect were not professional, but it was organized and stuff. That's probably the most one of the most interesting experience I had in my hockey career because I had to prepare myself and stuff and do my own work. I probably did a lot more homework 
with that interview that I did, you know, I was doing my stuff, you know, I'm, I'm a professional, but I learned a lot of that, a lot of stuff coming out of that, that interview, even if I didn't get the job. So it's, it served me down the road. It really served me. So, definitely. Definitely. It's yeah. a great point. And, uh, you know, a lot of times as we're in a situation like we are today, you're looking for ways to learn and continually make connections. And the people at My Hockey Resource give people an opportunity to do just that. Their community on Discord, which have scouts and, and managers from all levels of the game, and they just talk about different topics, get to know each other and uh, discuss different trends in the industry. So for anybody looking to get involved and, and learn in this way, be sure to check out My Hockey Resource on Twitter and Instagram. Norm, for you, you're definitely someone that likes to connect with people, but you also like to stay relevant and, and learn different things. So what are some of your favorite resources that you look to uh, to reference new ideas and just learn more about the game? Uh, when I started, there was not that many resources that, uh, that we, uh, we were using because, you know, the Internet was just, were, was just starting. And that's probably one of the reasons why I was I've been hired because... I was at a phys ed degree teaching and I, uh, I, had, I had some computer skills too so, and, and I was a hockey guy. So that was a combination that was, uh, caught the eye of Pierre Paget when the, uh, the general manager of the Nordique at the time. But at, and I work in the office a little bit, try to help because these, the, those days, you know, we're doing basically our reports on papers, you know, like uh, carbon paper and stuff, you know, and then at the year went on, uh, it, the computer thing, you know, came in, came in the way. And we, we started to use RinkNet in 99, uh, because I was one of the, one of the company that really rose to the occasion because it was, it was a great, a great tool. But these days, you know, there was not that lot of videos. There was not like, it's like being covering the archivia with the newspapers and stuff, but that, from then, you know, with the 2000, with the internet, you know, the different books, uh, different books that uh, been written, you know, there was publication on the net, uh, there's more access to more games. I think the key is not also read, but to watch game and really pay attention to the details uh, because, and be, be aware of those changes and be open to see because there's a way of doing things that evolved during my career and the lockouts were one of them because change, teams changed their motor operandi several times because of lockouts. Uh, in, in a way, they've, they've been more um, effective. So that evolves with that. And, uh, but now, you know, the, with the internet and all that stuff, you have all kind of publication, uh, analysis, you know, like the advanced stats. And uh, now within stats with the, uh, you can have access to thousands of videos and uh, there's things that, that were, they were not existing other than for the hockey people itself in the organization. Like when I joined Buffalo, Buffalo one was, was one of the, uh, uh, more advanced in that uh, about, you know, like uh, they were not predicting the future, but they were ahead of a time because in, in the, in the mid-year 2000, they were scouting players on videos. You see that now. But at the time, uh, the brotherhood or the hockey world, I don't think they were totally ready for that. And I learned that, you know, sometimes, you know, it, 
think people were seeing this like uh, we can may we may lose our job because of that. But there were a lot of people were reluctant about that. But it's a great tool. Yeah, I can tell you that. That when I joined Buffalo, I will, even if I was a part-time scout, I asked my my boss Kevin Devine to see the videos because. It was an opportunity to see players from other leagues, like in Sweden and Finland and college players and stuff, you know. Nowadays, you know, you can't do, you can't do scouting without videos. And uh, as well as publications, you know, there's a lot of stuff written on the, on the internet, the books and stuff, you know. So, but I didn't have, you know, like uh, I, I learned a few books about, you know, the advanced stats, um, I can't remember. I don't have the books with me, but uh, advanced stats, you know, and I try to wet my feet with that. But it's more, the advanced stat is good, but I think it's more for coaches and decision makers. As a scout, what I was doing, you try to get informed about that and be aware of that stat, of those stats and stuff, you know, and that, that helps to take, make decisions. But lots of stuff now, you know, all the teams, they have a, analytics department they hired people who are didn't have hockey background like engineers and uh, computer computer uh, engineers and stuff you know the game really evolves with that and today with the generation that uh, basically grew up with internet you know it's there's all kind of stuff that you can learn you can read you can get knowledge and stuff but i think the main thing remains watch players even the stats is one thing but it's the how players react how what kind of uh, personality they have so it's 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 a uh, it's a bunch of things you know, when you become an nhl player there's a lot of stuff you know it's not just the analytics not just hockey that's a it's a combination of a lot of stuff to make decision like in the nhl as opposed to junior on college hockey they have to work with a salary cap so how the decision they make on contracts most of the contracts are done for what you pay what you did in the past as opposed to what you're going to do in future so so now the stats you know um, uh, you know helps to make decision going forward because okay is this guy you know as the top of his prime or is he on the uh, downward path you know it's a there's a lot of stuff now that you can help making decisions, but ultimately, you know, you got to trust the player and get your instincts. The most important thing about the scouting is your instincts as a scout and be open. You got to have an open mind when you scout for players. Even if you don't like the player, you watch the guy for six or seven times and you don't like the player, you got to approach each game as a new, as a clean, as a clean sheet clean slate and you watch even if you know the player you got to put that aside okay what does he do good what does he do not good so and then if you come to the same conclusion after 8 10 12, 12 times now it's your god and say you said no we'll stay away from this player for but you have to have a, a rational for we stated for this 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 reason but if the analytics tell you otherwise okay Let's analyze this. You got to have an open mind on that because it's maybe they're right. Maybe you're right. Or maybe they're right too. So you got to have an open mind. But at the end of the day, it's your, it's your gut instincts going to tell you, yes, I would love to draft the players or I would not love that draft that players. So what you're paid, the, the people tend to forget sometimes as scouts is you're paid for your opinion. 
So that's what they want. So you can't sit on the fence and say, oh, I'm not sure. You won't last long as a scout. You have to have one way or the other to right or wrong. You got to be... Um, you got to be certain of you what you think. You might be wrong, but I see at least they're going to say you had conviction. You were wrong because of this, this, this. But at least you didn't sit on the fence. You put, you put, you pulled the trigger before, because a lot of players, you know, a lot of people, they're going to analyze draft afterwards and stuff. But the the scouts, you know, they pull the trigger before, not after. So that's the difference. <laughs> That's yeah. why, you know, there's so many, there's, uh, I don't like it to call mistakes, but sometimes, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can interfere with the player playing in the NHL or not. You can draft a good player, but for some reason, his personal life, you know, uh, you know, like uh, he had issues with the girlfriends or the family or, you know, uh, he met the wrong people. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff that, that the unknown. The unknown that you don't know, so yeah. it's uh, it's 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 different, you know. So even uh, a player, a player can be a good player, but he fails with the wrong coach, or he didn't have a good camp, so the coach didn't have a good opinion, and it sticks in his mind. And he might be good in another organization when he's gonna be looked with fresh eyes. So it's a yeah. it's a really interesting. You deal with human beings, so it's a. It's different. It's like predicting the future. Uh, yeah, when, when you're trying to deal with a situation like that, you know, you like you said, you always want to be continually learning. And a lot of people might look for predictive analytics, or um, you even see people talking about, uh, you know, their mental approach and and doing uh, different things like that at the NHL level. But it's it's always um, interesting to see people uh, look for ways to learn and. For situations like maybe if they're dealing with their personal lives or how to evaluate a player who maybe is not getting along with their coach, a lot of times you could be guided through that situation as a scout from other yeah. scouts or other coaches that you've met along your career. And some of them may even be mentors. I know yeah. you mentioned a few early in the conversation, Norm, but who are some of those mentors who helped you get to where you are today? And what are some of the lessons that they maybe taught you along the way? Yeah, before we touch on the mentor thing, uh... I think, you know, when you do your research good, you know, you, you try to don't leave any uh, stone unturned, you know, and you have done your, all your own work and stuff. They can't, they, can't, uh, they can't say anything about if you did your work professionally. But as a scout, if you were not successful with one pick, you got to look why it is, is not successful and learn from your mistakes. That's the basically, that's how you improve. Uh, regarding the mentorship, the guy who had the most influence on me is Martin Madden Sr., who was uh, is a friend of mine. I had, the, I had the, the pleasure to coach his son in minor hockey, Martin Jr., who is now the assistant GM with the Anaheim Ducks. We had a great relationship. With, I got great relationship with both uh, that I consider friends. But Martin Sr. really helped me a lot. Uh, during my career, you know, with the highs and lows and give me advice and stuff. And uh, he's been a great mentor to me, showing me the ropes and stuff. So I can't thank him enough for what he did for me. Uh, I, I, and I, there's a few other peoples, you know, that uh, throughout the game, but I don't want to, uh, to name them because I don't want to forget some of them. So it's, but I, 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 I've been fortunate to have people to give me good advice and stuff. 
And, you know, when I started with the Nordics in 93, I never thought I would do 22 years. You know, sometimes when you, you, you start, when you start, you don't know what's the length of your career, but I've been fortunate to have 22 years. I still have a few more, but it's a, that's another story. But you got to have good people around you that give you good advice and how to do the job. And I've been fortunate to have Martin, senior, Martin Madden Sr. to uh, do that, you know, but on top of with uh, some, other, some other people, you know, they really helped me along the way. Yeah, it's, it's great to have uh, a number of people along the way who can help guide you in the right direction and give you that advice. And, you know, you said that you've been in the game now 22 years as a scout and, and hopefully more to come. But uh, maybe looking back, maybe at your own self who was just getting into scouting or somebody who's looking to follow a similar path, what's one final piece of advice that you would give them hoping that they would be successful in the area of scouting? Well, they got to be... Uh... They gotta be a perse- perseverance, you know, to work hard. You know, you never know when the call is gonna come, but if you you work, try to get better every day. Try to be better than yesterday. Try to get more more knowledge of the game. You know, study the game, meet new people, because the the, the people you meet might be the one that you. Uh, can hire you down the road, you know, be, be, uh, be good with people, you know? So, uh, that's the only advice, you know, be a good person, be, be a good person because a good person and a good scout will, will go a long way. So, uh, that's what it's, it's, it's hard to get to the NHL and it takes a lot of work. Uh, you gotta be strong mentally because maybe if you're in, you think you're entitled to the job, maybe you won't get the job after an interview process that might have uh, 50 or 60 people. You're not retained. You know, don't don't give up. You know, keep keep doing what you do, what you do, and, and keep your your spirits up because maybe one day you know if you get the call and you're not ready. So uh, it's sometimes you know it, it's tough. It's tough to be. It's tough to wait and uh, be outside, but once once you're inside, you know you're gonna see it's fun. But you gotta stay inside too. So it's uh, it's 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 a difficult being a hockey a hockey guy. It's it's different. It's so much fun, but it's uh, because when things go well, it's really fun. But when things are are tough, you gotta be you gotta be mentally tough to to sustain that. You know so. Uh, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a it's a roller coaster experience. Uh, but as oh, you yeah, said, well. if if you're willing to uh, you know put in the work and and take your time and, and navigate through the muddy waters, eventually it does get uh, good, and you're able to have a lot of fun in the game. And I think that's the case even below the NHL level. You know, anytime you're able to work full time in the game or or even just be involved in a part time capacity, it's uh, it's definitely worth the the sacrifice and the efforts in the end. It's to be, it's to be yourself and be. Don't don't try to be somebody that you're not, because yeah. eventually it will get to you. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, I have that. I had that chance to meet good people along the way. But sometimes you don't get along with everybody because situation happens and stuff. But you had to be uh, professional, and sometimes you gotta be. Um, Sometimes you got to forget certain things and swallow your pride and stuff, you know, and 
because it's uh, sometimes you know you can't cross path with some of people you know you had issues with you know in, in the future so no little grudges and stuff you know and be be good to everybody and that's the best years your best chance to be in the NHL yeah a, a great another great piece of advice there and uh, with that Norm I just want to thank you again for joining me on the podcast as I mentioned before I always love talking with scouts and uh, especially at the NHL level and going through your career. We were able to learn a lot here today. So thank you again, and I wish you all the best moving forward. My pleasure, uh, Ryan, and uh, thanks for having me on. So uh, all the best. All right, all the best to you as well. Take care. Thank you. Bye. I would like to thank Norm for coming on the podcast and giving us the breakdown of his career and an inside look on his philosophies. I'm always interested in a scout's perspective and come away from these conversations with a ton of knowledge and this discussion was no different so for shedding some light on this area of hockey ops I'd like to once again thank Norm. If you would like to get in touch with Norm to learn about his experiences I encourage you to reach out to him directly or you can contact Hockey Minds Podcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast I'll be joined by Andrew Piercy, founder of Vision Hockey Group and Newfoundland Scout with QMJHL Central Scouting. Having worked in private hockey for a number of years, AP has a lot of perspectives on that area of the game, so follow up with that release on Sunday. Once again, thank you everyone for supporting the podcast and for listening to each and every episode. Moving forward, also stay connected on social media, as we have more guests, conference speakers, and more content coming your way soon. As always, stay safe, and all the best.